I'm going to put up a scripture this morning. I'm going to be talking about worship. And I'm going to be talking about it in a very specific way. Uh, an act of praise that is very much a part of worship. It's Psalm 47. Clap your hands. It's a command. So why aren't you doing it? You are doing it. All right. Now, for those of you that are Montreal Canadian fans, clap your hands. I hope there's more Leaf fans. For those of you that are Leaf, hmm, I guess we'll have to determine that at the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, how many of you have a lamp that if you clap your hands, it turns on? Go ahead and clap. None of you. You don't have a lamp that if you go, it turns on? Well, we're all a little backwards, I guess, here this morning, because apparently that's what you do. How many clap your hands whenever you see your children perform at a performance or some, you've gone to some singing concert and you're just overwhelmed by the, the, the wonder of what you've seen? How many of you do that? Yeah? I think so. Well, Absolutely. So clap your hands is not an act of applause only. In fact, in the Bible, clapping of hands is a much greater thing than an applause or some kind of, uh, well, you've been impressed by what you've seen or heard, and so you just um, you give uh, a clap for that. The scripture says, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to, to God with cries of joy. So the clapping of hands and joy and shouting it to God, those three things are connected together in that first verse. And then in the second verse, for the Lord most high is awesome, the great king over all the earth. So we're not starting to move into a sense that the clapping of our hands is much more than just uh, what we've been talking about when we're cheering for someone. It's moving into a sphere of the Holy Spirit that is very profound. He subdued nations under us, peoples under his feet. He chose our inheritance for us. That's something to clap about. The pride of Jacob, whom he loved, God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amid the sound of trumpets. So, clapping our hands is a declaration. It's saying that the Lord Most High is awesome. And so when we come into his presence and we clap, we are declaring the awesomeness of the Lord our God. Our clapping moves him to a place of enthronement. Our clapping welcomes the king into the house. Shouts of joy, sounds of trumpets, all our expressions of our enthroning him, enthroning Jesus, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, Clapping can just become something that we do as a matter of a religious exercise. You come into church and, 
And uh, there are things that happen, and you're, if you're not familiar with our congregation, you say, oh, I didn't know people could clap in church. That's strange. Well, clapping in church as an act of praise is not something that's peculiar to this church or to a denomination or to other churches. Clapping our hands is a very biblical principle. It's a principle that just brings the uh, presence of, of God into the house and enthrones him. It says, Jesus, you are king of kings and you are Lord of lords. The next part of this chapter, and this is the full of uh, the full text of the Psalm of Psalm 47. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises. You read that verse and you get the idea we're supposed to sing praises. It's there four times. Look at it. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our King, sing praises for God is the King. Of all the earth, sing to him a psalm of praise. So we, we, we are clapping, are shouting, the sounds of trumpets, the sounds of musical instruments. All of these are expressions of enthronement, of acknowledging the awesomeness of our God. That we are the children who receive his inheritance. And you can rightfully lay claim to that inheritance because he is the king and because he is enthroned. He is above all else and he chooses to be enthroned in the praises of his people. Wow. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. So in clapping our hands, in raising our shout, in singing our praise, we acknowledge there is no one greater than the Lord. No one greater than the Lord. Uh, Clapping is an expression of worship. Uh, it sensitizes us to what God has done. We're sensitized to so many other things in the course of any week, the course of any day. We can be sensitized to the pressures we're going through, to the trials, to the sickness. We can be sensitized to the political things around us. We can be sensitized to just so many things. There can be problems in families. But praises sensitizes us to the presence of the living God who transcends everything else. There's a danger when it comes to clapping. It can be just done glibly. Just a routine, just something that we do out of tradition. But it's so much more than that. And we should never lose our clap. God's given us two clappers. And they're there for many reasons. One of them is to praise the Lord as we lift our hands. And that's another whole message that we'll bring someday. What is the lifting of our hands do with praise. Why does God ask us to do that? I will lift up my hands to the Lord, the psalmist said. He said, clap your hands, 
all ye people. So though this is just a physical act, it has profound spiritual implications. Psalm 81, verses 1 to 2. Sing aloud to God our strength. Make a joyful noise to the God of Jacob. So what is that joyful noise? Well, it's clapping, it's shouting, it's singing, it's dancing, it's praise in all of its biblical aspects. And it raises a song. It says, strike the timbrel, the pleasant harp, and the lute, which is a a guitar type of an instrument. Make a joyful shout to the God of Jacob. We're here this morning, gathered for so many reasons, gathered to hear the word of the Lord, gathered to lift our song to the Lord. And he summons us from the very depths of our spirits, the very depths of our being, body, soul, and spirit, to come together in praise unto the Lord, to enthrone him with the musicians, with the singers, with the congregation, as we come together in concert as a choir. And we lift our praise to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, he who is enthroned above all nations, he who, he who is worthy of all praise and all glory. Psalm 89.15. This is so simple and yet it's so wonderful and profound. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Now you can go to a hockey game and you can hear that sound of clapping and shouting and praising and all of that as people celebrate their favorite players. But there's a joyful sound that comes from the very presence of God that transcends. It's it's much more than the reward of gaining a, a Grey Cup or the Stanley Cup or the World Series or any other kind of human acknowledgement for whatever purpose or reason. We celebrate those who we, uh, we give the awards for the greatest singers, the Hollywood stars, and we, we have all of these things that we do in our world, even at uh, the level of schools and programs where people are uh, given acclaim because of their achievements and the marks they've got at school. And all of that is very, very, very temporal is very, very much a part of something that's going to fade away. Can you remember who the most valuable player was in the 1952 Stanley Cup Series? No. But at the time it was so important, I don't even remember who won the Stanley Cup in 1952. You see, the things that we celebrate in this world As joyful as they are, they're very much of a human nature, but the praises of our, of our, from our very, the depths of our heart to God is a joyful sound (laughs) that never fades, that never passes away. It's not temporal, but it's eternal. And we walk in the light of the countenance of God as a result of that joyful sound. 
So when we clap, it's a part of that joyful sound. Psalm 98, verse 1. Sing to the Lord a, a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy, holy arm have worked salvation to you. So here we come into a scripture that describes for us how God uses his hands. And so he reaches out his hand, his holy arm, and has worked salvation for us. And of course, when Jesus died on the cross, his hands were outstretched. As he paid the supreme sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, he destroyed the works of the evil one. And he released in the earth that which had been lost through Adam's sin. And he restored to us the creation of God that is in process right now until the ultimate redemption of both man and the earth. At the coming of Christ, he stretched out his arms. So when we stretch out, do you know that stretching out your arms is a natural thing? A little baby. As soon as you come into the, they're, they're in the crib and they're wanting to be picked up or you come and you, 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 you say something to them and they're, these two babies were so wonderful this morning. And, uh, you know, it's natural for them to raise out, reach out their hands, pick me up, hold me. And isn't it natural for a, a child, you look into the crib or you say, you talk to them and, and what do they do? They, they clap their hands. It, right? Those of you who most know that to be true, parents, uh, well, we all know it if we've been parents. Uh, didn't you see your child just even at a very, very, uh, very much in infancy, just, well, they clap their hands in glee and they smile as mommy or daddy or a friend comes and they, they just are so happy. So there's a natural response of raising our arms because God did it. He reached out his hands for us. And we're invited to reach out our hands to him in surrender, in worship, in praise, in singing a new song, raising our instruments and our voices in unified concert of praise, of acknowledging him. Wow. Isaiah 55, 12. <laughs> Even nature praises the Lord. You will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Well, I didn't know trees had hands. Well, it's symbolic, of course. But nature itself, created by God, so affected by sin that the world has brought into it, so affected by the pollution of the planet, so affected by the cutting of the tropical rainforests and all of those things that we hear about that cause us great alarm. But in their original state, and even today, in the state they are in, Nature groaning and travailing, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, waiting for the redemption of the sons of God, which will bring the redemption of the whole earth. But even nature in its present state is so exuberant in its praise to the Lord. 
Get up in the morning and look at the sunrise if there is one. The sunset at night if there is one. Or if the clouds that bring the rain and the snow are so important for the nourishment, for the life that we that is so necessary for us to have in our world. Nature, the trees, clap their hands. We used to sing it, actually. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. and The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands. The trees of the field will clap their hands as we go out with joy. Wow. Clap your hands. When we come into the house of the Lord, it's not applause alone. It's much more than that. It's a declaration of who he is and what he's done for us. You know, in the Bible, uh, clapping hands can be a very negative thing. Proverbs verses 22, verses 26 to 27, it says, Do not be one who shakes hands in a pledge, which is a form of clapping. It's putting your hands together with another. Do not be the one who shakes hands in pledge or puts up security for debts if you lack the means to pay. Your very bed will be snatched from under you. So in other words, if you make a deceitful promise, you make a promise that you know that you can't keep or you are not willing to keep. If you say, I will pay my debt to you. I don't have money to to pay for this item right now, but as soon as I get the money, which will be next Friday or next Saturday, and you make a pledge, but you know that you don't, you're not going to have the money next week. The Bible tells us that that's a very dangerous thing to do because it sets in place a spiritual principle that causes us to lose our very dwellings. There's a strong warning about clapping our hands about making decrees or standing in surety for something that we know we can't keep. Whenever we join hands with a, a, a husband and wife at an altar of marriage and they pledge their vows to each other, there must be faithfulness in their hearts or else there's never going to be a keeping of those vows. And it's a very, very dangerous thing to make a promise that you don't keep when you know you can't, are, are not willing to keep it. Clapping is also a sign of judgment, or it's a sign of derision. Uh, in Job chapter 27, uh, verses 21 to 23, and here it's talking about what will happen to an evil person who persists in doing evil. The east wind carries him off, Job says, and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls itself against him without mercy. As he flees headlong from its power, it claps its hands in derision and hisses him out of his place. Wow. And we see that. We see that, that there are contempt, and and people have various physical expressions of contempt for someone. And it's like you're, you're hissing or spitting and, and you're clapping in derision. You're raising your hands or, 
and you're, you're giving a thumbs down or various expressions that, well, maybe you have a, a cat that jumps up on the counter and you don't want that cat to be on your counter. What do you do? Get down. Well, maybe you don't do that, but we don't have a cat, so how do I know? But you know what I'm saying? You can hiss in derision, or, or there's, there's, uh, you've planted grass and the crows come and you jump out the house and get going. It's a, it's a sign of derision, of contempt, of dismissing someone. But clapping is also a sign of approval. The story of a young king, seven years old, a wicked queen had come and killed all of the family that were in line of the throne of Judah. But the priests, they saved one child, an infant child, and for six years raised that child in secrecy. Until one day the priests brought this child into the temple for the people to give their approval of this seven-year-old boy to be the king of Judah. His name was Josiah. And it says in 2 Kings 11 verse 12, he brought out the king's son and put the crown on him. He was only seven years old. And he gave him the testimony or the covenant. And they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. When we clap our hands to Jesus as an expression of praise, we're singing, long live the King, the Eternal One, the God who created. We worship you as the one who lives forever and has shown your love to us. Clap your hands as a sign of covenant. Job said in... Job 17, verses 1 to 3. And here is a man who is crying out for someone to be in a covenant relationship with him. And he says, my spirit is broken. My days are extinguished. The grave is ready for me. Are not mockers with me? And does not my eye dwell on their provocation? Now put down a pledge for me and yourself. Who is he who will shake hands with me? Job is saying, I'm by myself. Everything is going wrong. Is there anybody that will be in covenant with me? Is there anybody who will shake hands with me and say, Job, I'm with you. I'll support you. I'll walk with you through this trial until the Lord delivers you. Job is crying out in his lamentation. Is there somebody? Is there somebody? Maybe you're here this morning in the, in the depths of your spirit. You're longing for someone to clap their hands for you. For someone to say, you are approved by me and you are approved by the Lord. And God has his mercy and his grace that he shows you and wants to give you and to pour out upon you. Maybe you've lost your song. Maybe you've lost your clap. 
Sure, you sing songs, but the songs of praise that you once sang, you don't sing them with the same jubilation, with that same sense of absolute joy that comes only from the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe in the house of the Lord, you've come out of routine and it's just in this, your longing in your heart. Oh God, so much has happened. I've lost my clap. The sound of the trumpet that used to come from within me was such a clarion sound. When I lift my voice in praise, it's just like my lips were blowing trumpets. And God, when you would ascend and arise in my life and arise in the place of worship, you would arise in my circumstances. But, oh God, the trumpet has gone silent. My song has been distilled through all of the pressures and trials of life. And I've lost my joy. Job said, is there anybody? Is there someone? Who will clap their hands with me? Who will clap their hands for me? Is there anyone? Isaiah, in chapter 43, verses 1 to 3. He said, Do not fear. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He's clapping for you. He's answering the call that came from Job's heart. Is there anybody who will clap for me? He's here. He's clapping for you. And he calls us as the body of Christ to join in with that clap, with that assurance. Brother or sister, if you're going through the water, we will go with you. If the rivers are ready to sweep you away, we will stand guard for you. We will be a bulwark against the trial that you're going through. If the fire would try to set you ablaze, we will not let it happen without praying, without standing with you, without agreeing with you, without coming into the house of the Lord and declaring our praise that he is above every trial, every discouragement, every sickness, every disease, everything and everything that would steal your clap, would steal your song, would steal the joy from your heart. We come into the presence of God and we say, Lord, we enthrone you. Jesus, you are the king. Jesus, we show you our approval. We just are awed by your love. Clap your hands. All you people, shout to the Lord.
with the voice of triumph. Let's stand together and raise our praise to the Lord. Worship team, would you come? Hallelujah. Put that verse, that first uh, slide up again, if you would. Way back, the very first one. Clap your hands. All you nations, all you people. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome. Is he awesome to you this morning? Is he awesome to you? Is he the great king over all the earth, over all your trials? Let me say this. If you've lost your song, if you've lost your clap, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come and stand here. Marlene's going to anoint you with oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to declare with you what was the longing of Job's heart. Is there anybody who will shake hands with me? And we're saying as the body of Christ, yes, we will. If you're here this morning and your heart is filled with bitterness and you've got contempt, you're... You're clapping your hands for the wrong reasons. You say, God, save me and deliver me. God is the Savior of the man or woman's soul. If you're here this morning, you say, I need to give my life to Christ and to follow Him. I don't care who you are or how many you are. Will you step out and come and stand at the front of this church right now as we sing praises to the Lord?